Scout-Up Nation, it is the fourth birthday of the podcast you are listening to right now. I hope it's your favorite podcast, Scaling Up H2O, the podcast that you have been turning to each and every week for four years so you can learn how to scale up on knowledge so you don't scale up your systems. And you heard me announce myself over four years. I'm still the host. I'm still Trace Blackmore. And folks, I don't know what to say. Four years. Oh my gosh. It is just incredible to think about that. I remember when I first started this podcast in April in 2017. Folks, I barely knew what a podcast was. I knew how to listen to a podcast. Barely. I knew of one podcast player. I know of all of them now because that's what I do, but I actually had to have somebody help me search for a podcast player. And that, of course, was my friend Charlie Cicchetti, who came on and helped me out on episode four. Charlie was the original person to ask me if I'd ever considered starting a podcast. And I had no idea what a podcast was. And I very sheepishly asked him, uh, thanks, Charlie, what's a podcast? And he laughed at me, of course, because we're friends and that's what friends do. And then he laughed at me again because I have an Android and he has an Apple and he thinks that's inferior. And I, of course, think it's superior. You know how that battle goes. So uh, after he put on gloves and touched my Android phone, he had me download Stitcher, and then he took me through his podcast library and told me about the top 10 podcasts that he enjoyed, and then I picked and chosen from those. And folks, when the first time I started listening, I was hooked. I couldn't believe that you could just get all this information for free and as you're driving down the street, as you're cutting your grass, as you're jogging, whatever, you're learning. Folks, I just fell in love with that platform. And I never really thought after that that I was going to do my own, but I was very appreciative of Charlie to suggest that I had the ability to, to do that. Well, then it was a couple months later when my good friend Connor Parrish, he challenged me to do it. I don't know if that came up with a conversation that I mentioned with Charlie. We were talking about podcasts. Maybe I was telling him about a podcast I was listening to because now I'm cool. I know what podcasts are. But somehow he said, Trace, you've got to do this. Whatever your plans are, you need to make sure you get a water treatment podcast out to our community. We need it. And he encouraged me that I was the person to do it. Well, I didn't know if that was right or not. And by the way, Connor came on. He was one of my first guests as well. He was episode eight. And just recently, he came back and he hosted episode 186 and 187, where I was a guest on this podcast. And he asked me all these questions that the Scaling Up Nation had about the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed that. But those are the two people that really, really encouraged me to start this podcast. And then I, I had to research it. I had no idea how to do a podcast. So I want to thank all the people on YouTube that uh, put information on how to start a podcast, how to publish it, all of those things. 
Folks, the very first episode came to you because of YouTube. And that was my challenge one weekend. I was going to learn how to record and put a podcast on the internet. Of course, now I don't think anything about that. And I've had the fortune where I've actually helped I want to say it's about a dozen people start their own podcast. I even gave my first podcast microphone away to someone so they could start their podcast. So one of the things I think is our duty in life is to learn as much as we can. But then when we learn it, I think we need to make it easier for other people to learn it so we can learn through that experience and they can share that experience with somebody else. So I've been honored that I learned how to do a podcast. I help other people start their podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if the people that I just mentioned, Charlie and Connor, didn't get me to start my own podcast. You know, I really want to thank you guys, the Scaling Up Nation. We would not have a show if it were not for you. When I first started this show four years ago, I would have been happy if one or two people in my company listened to the show. Folks, I am so humbled by all the many listeners that we have each and every week. And not only are you listening, you're bringing me information like who I need to interview, what I need to answer as far as your questions, new things that you're seeing out there in the industry. Folks, it's fantastic. I love that. Of course, we didn't start out with sponsors, and I really struggled with having sponsors on the show. Of course, there's no secret. If there's no margin, there's no mission. And the podcast isn't free to produce. And of course, the more things that we provide, of course, the more that costs. Well, I always thought that you, the Scaling Up Nation, if you heard sponsors on this show, you would have thought that this show or me, Trace Blackmore, was selling out. So I I never went there. And a person I really want to thank is Mike Standish. Mike's been on the show a couple of times, but most recently he was on episode 176. But it was a couple of years ago, I was walking around and Mike came over to me and he said, Trace, I want to let you know that the number one topic at this AWT trade show is the Scaling Up H2O podcast. He goes, everybody's talking about it. He said he's seen people take out their phones and show people how to subscribe to it. They're talking about their favorite episodes. And Mike asked if I had ever considered letting people sponsor the episodes. And I told Mike that, yes, I had considered that, but I didn't want to go that route. And and the thing that Mike told me next was really something that opened my eyes. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember how I felt about what he said. And, and, and what I think he said, not using these words, are, why are you so selfish? Now, he didn't say that. He didn't say anything near that, but that, that's how I felt because he was explaining how valuable this show was to the industry and how people really enjoyed it. And people like himself... He wanted to help me with the show through sponsorship so the show could continue. 
And because I wasn't allowing sponsors, I wasn't allowing him to help the show, which helps the Scaling Up Nation, which helps the industry. And until he said that, I never saw it that way. So Mike, thank you for allowing me to see that. And folks, because of our wonderful sponsors, we are able to bring you more each and every week. And most importantly, we were able to hire a team. I know it's probably not surprising to you, but I do have another job. I wish all I could do was the podcast. So in order to bring you the quality that you've come to expect, I just couldn't do it all by myself. So having sponsors allows me to have a team. Now, you were introduced to my team on episode 182 earlier this year, but we do have a new member to our team. She was not on episode 182, so I want to welcome Corinne Drury to the show of course, she's been with us for, for several months. She is fantastic. She actually has a production background. So she was able to take a lot of the data, the spreadsheets, all the things that we had that really weren't synergized with each other and create it in the production world. So that's where she came from. She was able to take that, reformat it, and now it's so much easier for us to collaborate with each other. It's so much easier for me to prepare for the shows and know what I need to tell you about because of how things are organized. So again, when we started, when I started, I was just piecing things together. I had no idea what I was doing. And then we pieced more things together, and now we're bringing people on the team that not only can help, but they can make things better. And uh, Corinne is an example of doing that each and every week. And I wanted to make sure that the Scaling Up Nation knew that we had a new team member. You know, earlier I mentioned that when I first started out, I had no idea what a podcast was. And then over a weekend, I watched all these YouTube videos. Well, Another thing I did over that weekend was I recorded episode one, the very first podcast, and it pains me to say this. You met Sean in episode 182. So Sean, if you don't mind, and this is really going to be painful, can you please play episode one? Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast for the water treatment professional to help them scale up on relevant topics. My name is Trace Blackmore, and I am the host of Scaling Up. The goal of this podcast is to bring you topics that will expand your general water treatment knowledge, inform you about the industry, and simply just to have fun around the industry that we've chosen to be in. Through my involvement with the Association of Water Technologies, I've gathered many questions, comments, topics, that we just didn't have enough time to explore at the regular conventions or training sessions. So I've taken those questions and topics and I've made a list of items that we're gonna discuss right here on Scaling Up. I figured why not the water treatment industry have their own podcast? My goal is not only to answer those questions, but ask you to ask me new ones. We'll get those answered and make sure that we're talking about the things that you want to hear. We'll also have some guests and other speakers to tell us about some various topics. The other reason 
I thought would be good to have a water treatment podcast because nobody really knows what it is that we do. Have you ever tried to explain what it is that we do at a party? And normally you're halfway through it and the person's nodding and you realize they're just not getting it. And at the end of the explanation, they ask you, so you're a pool boy. And pretty much we just give up and say, yeah, that's exactly what I am. I deal with pools. Well, that's not here. This is a forum that is being put on by a water treater for water treaters. We're going to talk about issues that we're having. We're going to talk about how we get better, all the various topics, how to get your certified water technologist. Why should I go to training? What does AWT have to offer? What should I carry in my test kit? What are the best chemistries for certain water? We're going to do that right here on this podcast. Scaling up, the only type of scale that you do want in your water treatment program. It's my hope that you join us back here for another installment of hopefully your new favorite podcast, Scaling Up. Scaling Up Nation, if that is not inspiration, that when you start something, you're not going to be very good at it. But if you keep at it each and every week, Four years later, hopefully, I'm a little better than that. So, um, wow. That was episode one. This is episode 190. And because we were doing some weird stuff in the very beginning with our numbering, we're actually well over 200 episodes. And I have to tell you, I could not imagine when I first sat down in front of this microphone. And by the way, here's a secret. I don't sit in front of my microphone. I can't get the energy when I sit. So I actually stand, I have a standing desk in front of the microphone. So when I stand in front of this microphone, when I stood in front of it four years ago, I could not imagine that we were going to have 200 plus episodes. So that, that is, that is just amazing. Uh, I can't imagine that we have so many listeners and, and I want to get into, to, to all of that. So here's something that I do with the mastermind group. So occasionally we'll have some icebreaker questions when we get together. And one of the things I like to start out with is called SCOL. And SCOL stands for four different categories. Those categories are successes, challenges, opportunities, and lessons learned. So in honor of our fourth birthday, Scaling Up is four years old, I'm going to give you four successes, four challenges, four opportunities, and four lessons learned. So let's go ahead and start with the successes. As I said earlier, success number one is the number of listeners that we have. Thousands of listeners tune in and they listen to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. I just, I can't imagine that. I especially couldn't imagine that on episode one, the one, yeah, I just played for you. I wonder if all those listeners have heard episode one, if they'd still be listeners. Anyway, I guess they've heard it now. But uh, I'm I'm just so incredibly humbled that we have so many listeners that listen to us week after week. And it's not only that, I hear people will listen to episodes multiple times and they'll share episodes. They'll tell a friend or a colleague in the business that this was a great episode on this topic and they'll share it. So um, uh, that's definitely, I think, the number one success are, are the listeners. 
The second one is where the listeners are. The last time I checked, we were in 72 countries. Now, granted, most listeners are in the United States, but 72 countries. I go to a water treatment function and I'll have people from Australia or New Zealand or China come up to me and thank me for putting on Scaling Up H2O. That's just so incredible. I just bought a microphone four years ago and installed it in my office in Atlanta, Georgia. And there are people all over the world listening to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. It's just amazing. The third success is starting the Rising Tide Mastermind. I know just about each and every episode, I somehow mention the Mastermind, and that's just because I'm so proud of it. The Mastermind concept is something that I was introduced to about 10 years ago, and I don't think I would be, I know I would not be where I am right now if I did not have the other people in my life that have helped me process issues. Just think about it. Who can you really process the issues that you're having? Forecast, if you keep going on a certain path, are you going to get to where you want to go? And that's what a mastermind does. It's a room full of people that their only motivation is to help each other. And then they take pride in each other's successes. And if they see a member that's not going the correct path, well, hey, it's their job to point that out. Now, it's the member's responsibility whether they're going to do something about it or not. And I have to tell you, I do a lot of things because the mastermind, I don't want to say that they they pressured me into it, but they held me accountable to do it. And, and that's probably been one of the biggest motivators of the mastermind is I want to make sure that I make the people that I'm re- I don't want to say reporting to, but I guess I sort of am. They know what's going on in my life. And when they help me with an issue and I tell them I'm going to do something or I'm going to make a change, if I go back to them and tell them that I didn't do that, they're going to be disappointed in me. And even if they don't say it, I'm going to be disappointed in myself that I let them down. And that's been a huge driving factor in my life that I've been able to say no to things that might have been more fun, might have been more popular, but they wouldn't have gotten me to the level that I was trying to get to. And I was able to say no to those distractions because I didn't want to let the members of my mastermind down. So I've experienced this for years, and I've always wanted to bring this concept to our industry And folks, we have over 40 members in the Rising Tide Mastermind. We've been doing it for well over a year. We started in 2020, January of 2020. We had no idea what was going on there. But I have to tell you, sure glad we started the Mastermind then because we all banded together and we figured out how we survive a pandemic because we weren't alone. We were all working through it within the mastermind. And when we found items that we just didn't have expertise with, we all had some sort of reach to somebody who had that expertise and they came into the mastermind and they shared their ideas with us. So number three, hands down, starting the Rising Tide Mastermind. And the fourth one, 
you know, when I decided I was going to start this podcast four years ago, I never thought that it would create jobs for people on this team. So the fact that the idea grew, the concept was successful, and now it's allowing people that I just enjoy collaborating with and talking to on a regular basis, and they're getting an income from this podcast, that is a huge success. So the C in Skull is challenges. And, and folks, I would say the biggest challenge is, and this is with anything, but especially with me in the podcast, you don't know what you don't know. So if I knew more about what I didn't know and what I was going to have to learn to start this podcast, would I have done it? Well, that's actually a question I'm going to ask later because that came from the Scaling Up Nation. And I'm going to answer four questions later. So you'll have to wait for that one. But that's the challenge. You don't know what you don't know. I don't have a production background. So I started off doing things and some I got lucky with, some I probably didn't do them in any way, shape or form the way that they should have been done. But as I mentioned previously, my team, they have some more knowledge in this industry and they're able to take the things that we have been doing and improve them by using the industry knowledge that they have. The second one is time. Folks, you might not know this, but we all have the same amount of time. And when you decide you're going to do a weekly podcast and keep your day job, well, there's a lot of things that have to be done. So making sure that I can get everything done so we can get a brand new episode to you each and every Friday, well, that's a challenge. Sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes it's almost impossible. So that is definitely a challenge. Now, I am very proud that over the last four years, we have never missed an air date. We have always come to you the day that we said we were going to release on, and we've never had that issue. However, one of my friends that started a podcast, he missed a release date, and you should have seen the post on his social media. Definitely people are enjoying his podcast, but they had some, some very colorful ways of expressing their disappointment that it wasn't on time. Another challenge that I have is keeping the show fresh and current. Now, you all help me do that by going to scalinguph2o.com and letting me know on the show ideas page what you want to hear, who you want me to interview, all of that. So I want to thank you for that. What I'm talking about here is what are the new things in the podcasting industry? Uh, making sure that if there's a new podcast player that comes out, that we're accessible on that. Making sure that if there's um, a new feature or something to make the podcast easier for you to access, we make that accessible for you. And learning about all that stuff and keeping up with all that, making sure that we're searchable, making sure that we're putting the right hashtags in. Folks, I'm so glad I have a team because that is not something that I gravitate naturally through. But making sure that, that we're looking at all of those things so our content can reach everybody within the Scaling Up Nation, 
you know, that's definitely a challenge. And then my final challenge probably is a sub item of the last challenge, but finding new listeners. I think we've done a very good job of the markets that we know of, the associations that we're currently involved with. I think we've done a really good job of getting a bulk of those members of, of that audience into the Scaling Up Nation. But we have difficulty trying to figure out what is the next area that we need to start advertising to, that we need to start talking to, to find the next group, the next new members of the Scaling Up Nation. So that's always a challenge. And and if you've got some ideas for me, I would love to hear them because when we do brainstorming sessions here at Scaling Up H2O, that's one of the things we always talk about. Well, next up are the opportunities. That's the O in Skoll. And one of the opportunities is how the podcast can fill the gap of elevating the water treatment industry. So, by the way, if you don't know, that's my mission for scaling up H2O, that we are the catalyst to raise the bar in the water treatment industry. And we do that one listener at a time. So finding new ways to inspire, making sure we're inspiring the right things, that's always something that I'm looking for. And I'm always so humbled when people tell me that the podcast is doing that for them. If you were to look at our mission statement, you would see that's exactly what we are trying to do. So uh, if you have any ideas on how we can do that better, always let me know that. And for all those people that have come up to me and let me know that we've done that for them, thank you. When this job gets hard, when I don't have time to do something like work on the podcast, but I do it anyway and I stay later or I miss a, a fun activity, that's what keeps me driven is I know you appreciate it and I know it's raising the bar out there in the water treatment industry. Another opportunity that we have is me being on other people's podcasts. Of course, we're always looking for new listeners and I'm always looking to learn more about what it is that I don't know I don't know. And there's so many great podcasts out there it's very easy for me to invite a host of a podcast on my podcast because I can very easily make that work within the framework of Scaling Up H2O. But sometimes it's a little bit difficult to bring what I do, which is water treatment, to another podcast that's non-water treatment. So I think there's an opportunity with all of the business-related items, with the different skills that we talk about here on the show, I think there's an opportunity for me to go out on other podcasts and talk to those hosts about what we're doing here in the Scaling Up Nation. Don't exactly know what that looks like, but I, I think that's a big opportunity for us. Number three, I would say, is the Rising Tide Mastermind. I'm so incredibly proud of the Rising Tide Mastermind. All the members were well over 40 members. I think soon we'll be over 100 members. But finding those other 60 members, that's the opportunity. Being able to explain what's in my head about masterminds, because I've experienced it for four years. I've actually experienced it. I felt it. Well, how do I, in words, 
explain that to somebody that's never experienced a mastermind. So that's definitely an opportunity that I need to work on. And then the last opportunity is making sure that we can engage the Scaling Up Nation more. Uh, my team does a great job with social media. We're actually looking at some more tools on how we can do that even better, how we can get people to get content easier to us because that really drives the show. So it's all about interaction. It's all about the Scaling Up Nation knowing how important that they are to this show. You guys are this show. So I want to make what you need from this show as easy as possible. And being able to connect with each other, I think, is what we all as industrial water treaters are starving for because this can be a lonely industry. And knowing that you've got somebody out there that you can connect with, I want to make that as easy as possible. Well, the, the last L, and actually it's two L's in Skull, is lessons learned. So here are my four lessons learned over the four years of hosting the Scaling Up H2O podcast. One is don't be afraid to start. Again, I played episode one for you. So you heard it was not pretty, but you know what? It got done. And then two got better and three was better than that. And now episode 190 is even better than that. So a lot of us were scared to start I know a lot of things I'm scared to start because we're not perfect at it. Well, folks, 190 episodes later, and I'm still not perfect at the podcast. I'm always learning new things. I'm always making mistakes. So don't have the fear that if it's not perfect, you're not going to try. I did that for a couple of months, and it was really Connor Parrish that kicked my butt and said, you need to do this. And it was after our meeting that I came back and I worked on it that weekend that I told you that it was just endless YouTube. So um, uh, that would be the first lesson learned. The second lesson learned is don't be afraid to ask for help. There's something about if we ask for help, that's somehow perceived as failure. And I think Mike summed it up very well when I was explaining how I internalized what he told me about sponsorships that I was being selfish. Again, he didn't use those words, but that's exactly what he was saying. Well, folks, I took this Scaling Up H2O concept, and now we have people on this team that are helping me. And not only are they helping me, and they're actually doing what I'm getting ready to share in lesson number three, which is sharing my vision because I asked for help, I now have people that can help get me further, faster than I ever imagined. And where we're going is far further than I ever thought that we could get to. So don't be selfish. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Those are definitely two lessons that I learned. Share the responsibility of your vision. And the last lesson, and this one is just hard for me, and I don't know why it is, and I know a lot of people have issues with this, but I just don't take praise easy. And I don't know why that is. Uh, if somebody says, good job, I'll, I'll say thank you. That's not a big deal. But people will come up to me and they'll let me know how much this podcast means to them. And at first, I just didn't know what 
to do with that. I mean, I would say thank you, of course, but then they would go on and, you know, I've gotten tears back when we were allowed to hug each other. People asked if they could give me a hug. I mean, you name it, all these emotions over something that I started with that episode one that you just heard. And at first, I didn't know how to take that. And so here's the lesson learned. I've always had trouble accepting praise, but I learned why I was having trouble with it. I learned that I was internalizing it for me. And that's not what it was about. It wasn't about how I took the praise. What I had to learn was to allow the person to give the praise. And that was a gift that I was giving to them. So before, I thought it was a gift that I was taking from them, and I felt awkward about that, but it wasn't that at all. It was me giving them the gift to allow them to share what they had to share. And I tell you, since I've changed my mindset, I've really gotten better at that. So if you suffer from that affliction like I did, maybe that mindset will help you with that. So there you go. That's skull successes, challenges, opportunities, and lessons learned. Four in each section celebrating our four-year anniversary. Well, one more thing. I've got four questions that I've chosen from the Scaling Up Mailbag, and I'm going to answer those. So the first one, if you knew all the things you knew now about the podcast, would you still have started the podcast four years ago? I alluded in the first challenge that I shared with you that this was a question that was coming up. And the answer is, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I would, but I'm also pretty sure that the way we're designed to experience life in a linear fashion is for that reason. If we all of a sudden saw all the things, all the challenges that we were going to be faced with, I don't think we would have the courage to start any new projects. So I think that's by design. And, and folks, learning all of that, whenever we start a new endeavor, that makes us better. It makes us learn. It makes us figure out what our blind spots are. And you better believe that even though I learned how to record, how to put things up on the internet, the things that I learned in between have helped me in all areas of life. So I'll answer that question absolutely without a doubt. Another question that I saw was somebody wrote in, if my dad were still alive today, would he listen to the Scaling Up H2O podcast? Now, you know from me talking about him, my dad was the one that introduced me into the industrial water treatment industry. And, um, you know, I kind of laughed when I read that question because I'm pretty sure my dad would listen to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Now, here's the challenge. I don't think my dad would be able to figure out how to get the Scaling Up H2O podcast. So if somebody was riding with him and they, they hit play on a podcast player and they probably would have had to download a podcast player and, and install it and all that stuff, 
If they did that, he would have listened to it. But I don't think he would have ever been able to find it on his own. And I am 100% certain that my dad would have no issue explaining that I chose the wrong scenarios about explaining a particular topic and I should have used another scenario. So I have no doubt about that. And, And I'm pretty sure my dad would have been very proud that I started the show. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking with somebody who knew my father very well and almost with with tears in his eyes, he said how proud my father would have been knowing that I received the Raybaugh Memorial Water Technologist of the Year Award last year. And folks, that was just uh, incredible to have that conversation with him. So yes, to answer the question, I think my father would have listened to the show with help. Here's another one, and this one kind of makes me laugh. Somebody writes in, and this is not the only one. I've had a lot of questions like this. Why do I release the show on Fridays? Why don't I release it on Mondays? Why don't I release it on Saturday? Well, folks, I really don't know the right answer of when to release a show. For those of you that have been listening to me since the beginning, uh, you remember we used to release on Tuesday. And then I think we changed it to Wednesday. And we were always looking at metrics to see if that changed anything. And then finally, I just never thought that it mattered that much. I figured a podcast is on demand. You can play it whenever you want to. But I've never told anybody this. But the reason I settled on Friday, and we've just never moved it from Friday, is actually a good friend of mine. He works for Aqua Phoenix. His name is Brian Katarski. I call him Goose. A lot of people call him Goose. He said it was his favorite podcast to mow his lawn to. And I figured that if I released it on Friday, it would be there waiting for him and he could cut his grass on Saturday. And um, I don't think I've ever told anybody that, but I just thought Friday would be a, a good day to start the weekend. And if somebody listened to it on Monday, it would be there waiting for him. But it all started because Goose told me he cut his grass on Saturday and he listened to it. We're all learning so much about the Scaling Up H2O podcast within the last four years. My last question is, would you ever consider doing a daily show? The answer is, heck no. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about how difficult a a weekly show is. And for those of you that have been with me since the beginning, you might remember when this was a monthly show. I put an episode out each and every month because it was easy to do, but I quickly realized that that was not enough shows to create the habit for you to remember to listen to this show. So we did every other week. And then I went to a seminar on kind of like a a water treatment seminar, but it was a podcasting seminar. And it was three days of jam-packed technology and procedures and new ideas And I just got so many ideas from there. And there was one guy that said, if you did not have a daily show, you were missing out. And he was trying to convince everybody that they needed a daily show. And folks, I could probably plan around having enough episodes to do a daily show, but that would just be so challenging. It was so difficult for me to get around the mindset of going to 26 shows a year going up to 52 shows a year. I can't imagine bringing that up to 365. So 
chances are very low that I will ever do a daily show, but I did get the message that that speaker was trying to convey to me, which was you had to do it often enough to start a habit so people knew that they were going to listen to the show every day, as he was saying, and in our case, every single week. And he was right. When we changed to a weekly show, we doubled our downloads. So that was very impressive. So he knew what he was talking about. Uh, Maybe someday I might consider doing it, but uh, folks, I would not hold your breath on that. It's a show about water. You get that? That's a, a little pun. Anyway, let's segue And, you know, somebody that's been super supportive, and I haven't thanked him yet, was James McDonald. James McDonald was one of the original people that I sought out, and I tried to explain the concept that I had, and James said, you need to do this thing. So, James has been very supporting. James has been on the show several times, and then James has also, he's got a similar mission to mine. I don't know exactly what his mission is as far as how it's stated, but he's trying to raise the bar in the water treatment industry as well. So we team up very well together, and that's exactly what he's done with James's challenge. So here is a new installment of James's challenge. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. The next James's Challenge as we grow as an industrial water treatment professional, drop by drop, is... Learn how a chemical dosing pump works. It's easy for us to go through our days doing what needs to be done and not taking the time to think beyond the latest emergency. As an engineer, I like to understand how things tick. Chemical dosing pumps, such as diaphragm metering pumps, are a choreographed dance of ball valve seating and unseating, solenoids activating, diaphragms flexing, frequency, stroke distance, physics, chemical properties, etc. Learn how they work by studying the user manual, watching YouTube videos, and or asking someone. Be sure to share your experience on LinkedIn by tagging it with hashtag JC21 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. This is James McDonald, and I look forward to seeing what you share. Well, keeping with the tradition of today's show, we're doing everything in fours. So if you've missed the last four James's challenges, then here you go. Number one was determine the volume of a cooling or closed loop system. Number two was measure the pH of free chlorine after the reagent addition. Number three was research the LSI, the Longelier Stability Index. And last week, number four was check the makeup water for ammonia. Yeah, so many people have helped me with this show. Of course, the one reason that I want to answer a question is, why do you think the podcast is so successful? So we're doing everything in lists of four. That's really easy. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. It is. It is the scaling up nation. The fact that you all are listening to this show, the fact that you all are promoting this show. There is nothing that we could do as far as promotion that would even come close 
to what you all are doing, sharing the information about the fact that we have a podcast for the industrial water treater. So happy birthday, Scaling Up H2O. Happy birthday, Scaling Up Nation. Folks, thank you for a wonderful four years. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I just want to celebrate the fact that four years ago, we started this podcast. And next week, we're going to be continuing the podcast for another four years. So I can't wait for you to join me four years from now when we celebrate that. In the meantime, maybe you'll settle for a new episode next Friday. Have a great week, folks. 